This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, one. Hello, all. Welcome to the 357th-ish episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Brought to you, thanks largely in part to a couple of people that have sustained it for over 350 episodes. Going across multiple different platforms and forming multiple different partnerships, the one partnership that has stood the test of time is the two people that are on this show tonight. Obviously, I'm one of them. My name is Zach, and joining me for this January edition of 2023 of this podcast. Uh, We didn't get to spend New Year's with him, but we get to celebrate the New Year with him. It's Mr. Ben Hart. Dude, I haven't talked to you since last year. Happy 2023. It has been far too long, my friends. It is so great to be back um i'm just gonna say right now um week or so ago i was like hey just thinking to myself going i miss ipc i I have it it feels like so long like you spend i've spent a large portion of my life like every week talking to you (laughs) and and sometimes both of you and uh yeah it's it's real weird not doing it for a long period of time so uh rest assured zach and my fellow uh ipc listeners um i've missed you well in the interim we've been able to find uh, a couple of rather entertaining voices and one of them is actually joining us for this episode you heard him kind of chime in a little bit there as we were trying to figure out how to block that mute monster he was helping us celebrate new year's eve and he's here to help us talk about some really interesting topics for the month of january back for more fun it's mondo d buddy it's really great to be talking to you i haven't really had the chance to see much of you this year but uh, rest assured that's going to be changing in the not too distant future it is and hopefully i remember more of this show than i do the last one um, that one. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was uh, that was that was fun. We and right, uh, I mean, uh, but uh, yeah, no, this is it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, if I uh, if I keep coming on here, I might need my own uh, IPC dressing room or something. We might need I to think like that uh, could be arranged. Might, might need to like include you saying IPC in the intro. Uh, we haven't changed the intro since episode 200, so uh, we're probably due for a revision at some point, aren't we, Ben? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Gilligan's Island style. Uh, and Mondo, too. Yes! Oh, man, I love that show. That was that was a great show. I just got the complete series on DVD not too long ago. Ooh, that's I, nice. I realized yeah. it wasn't in my collection. I, I've got, like... Hogan's Heroes. I've got Gomer Pyle. I've got I Love Lucy. I got all kinds. I of... got Gomer Pyle, 
the I, complete series for my dad for Christmas, and we have been watching the heck out of it. Dude, it is so great. It is so, so funny. And I, I love that it was so successful of a spinoff from a really great established show like Andy Griffith. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was the golden age of television, I'll tell you what. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. On the docket for you all tonight, we've got a really funny and uh, interesting icebreaker discussion that uh, only I know about. The two guys on the on the show with me don't know what Edna's icebreaker is going to be this time. And then under the What Are You Watching segment, we're going to be talking about things like the Mandalorian trailer that came out not too long ago. We're going to be talking about that 90s show, the long-anticipated revival of that 70s show, and The Last of Us, the hit HBO show based yeah. on the video game. It's going to be really awesome. And then... On New Year's Eve, Mondo and I talked a little bit about the movies that we are anticipating, but obviously, since Ben wasn't on, he didn't get to talk about his. And we didn't really have enough time to be able to ask you guys and girls, and whatever you identify as, what your five anticipated of 2023 are. So, we put that prompt on the Intergalactic Peace Hangout, and we got some really great responses. We're going to read those off, and while Ben reads his five movies... Uh, I am going to be listing my five TV shows that I'm anticipating. And if Mondo is able to stay up with us, he'll be reading his off as well. I know he's got an early start tomorrow. So let's go ahead and dive right into Edna's Icebreaker to kick off the discussion tonight. And this one is a really, really funny one. Are you guys ready for this? I am so ready. I'm always ready. So with three dudes on the podcast tonight... My wife had the hilarious idea that we should discuss who our guy celebrity crushes are. That oh. is that is the icebreaker tonight. We've got to talk about <laughs> what dude celebrity we've got a crush on and why. All three dudes, male celebrity crushes. Uh, mine is actually pretty easy, so while you think about it, I'm going to go ahead and lead it off. This is um, this is this is somebody that's that's pretty obvious if um, if you if you know me, um, and if you don't, then I don't know. Maybe it it wouldn't be quite as obvious. But I kind of got into fandom thanks to the TV show Doctor Who. Up until that point, I was strictly a Star Wars guy. I was dabbling in Star Trek a little bit, but I didn't have like a celebrity crush necessarily. But the thing that helped me really learn to appreciate all sci-fi and pop culture was Doctor Who. Specifically, the 10th Doctor. So if I had to pick a a celebrity crush, uh, it would very, very certainly be... David Tennant. And if not him, then probably <laughs> Liam Neeson would be like a very, very close second. Good choices. Honestly, yeah. I totally get it. So those uh that that those are those are my two guy celeb crushes. Steven's in well, the chat. He asked, is Zach's answer Paul Rudd? That's actually a really good guess. The man is freaking ageless and hilarious. Uh, but Paul McGann, uh-huh, from Doctor Who, would be his choice. So, uh, sensing wow. a little bit of a trend here. 
Either of you guys have your um, guy celebrity crushes in mind? I have had mine in mind for literally years. Oh. Okay. Um, and I've, I've been preparing for this discussion topic for so long. So thank you, Edna, for, for setting this up for me. <laughs> um, but I think – let me just prephrase this of saying I am – I'm not just straight, okay? I'm a very straight dude, okay? Very straight, <laughs> If that makes sense. <laughs> and like I don't like to a point of just like most dudes, I'm like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. How can you be a try like, you know, it just, just doesn't doesn't make sense. Like I'm I'm very much on the other side of that. Um but there are a selection of dudes out there, particularly celebrity dudes. And I'm like, okay. I don't get it, but also I totally do get it. Very straight, but I could look. I totally understand anyone being into them. One of the, one of the people on the top of that list, I think, has been for a long time, and it, and it helps that I kind of sort of met him once. I still like five feet away from him one time, um, and you know, been been admiring from afar for a long time. And he's helps. He's a really nice guy, and he's a massive Star Wars fan, and he's been in Star Wars a lot. And that man. Is good old Sam Witwer. Um, okay. I I just I just um, he, he there's just something about him that like I get it I get it I'm not into that I'm not into that. <laughs> but if you are, I totally get it. I totally understand. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. He's got a certain charisma and got a certain way with his voice. I can I can see that. Okay, Mondo, I think you you're got up, Mondo. Dude. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. I've this conversation for a long time. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, no. 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 Do I do I need to ask? Did, did, do, what, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I really don't know what's going on. I I, I think Mondo's trying to flex his new soundboard on us, but mm. that that sounds more like if the Kool Aid Man was having explosive diarrhea. Oh no! That wouldn't be good. The, I, I think I think you were going for what's his name Barry Manilow, and uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Barry for. White. Barry White. Yeah. Well, why did I say Manilow? My gosh. Uh, it's no, a little, Stephen, a little bit different. No, Stephen. I don't think you need headphones for this. But uh, I, don't, I don't think you need headphones for this either. Do I, I think I think I need like. Plan B or something after hearing that voice, though. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> what was his answer? I didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Skype and this thing don't like each other, apparently. Um, apparently not. <laughs> it works great when I'm sending stupid messages through Facebook. Um, oh, yeah. But it doesn't work very good at Skype. So I bet you there's a setting thing that I can change or. Maybe I have to put together wrong. I'm exhausted. But anyway, 
Uh, it was going to be Harrison Ford. So, yeah, that was my answer. Harrison Ford. I, I actually, it was gonna, honestly, it was going to be a really funny bit technology. I'm actually a little sad because I had Kenny G playing in the background. I had the really deep voice playing. It man, man, I'm really sad that this didn't work on the fly that I thought it was going to. It's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough world we live in. It's a hard knock life, bro. All right, that is uh, that is the Edna's icebreaker for this episode. We got a lot of different franchises represented. I mean, we got Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Doctor Who, all from our three celebrity crushes. So that's a that's a pretty wide. Yeah, David Tennant and Harrison Ford are, are other ones are like. I get it. I get it, guys. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if he if he asked me on a date, I'm straight and married, but I'd still probably say yes. <laughs> Crossing all the lines. I, I know, and my wife's listening to this episode, so she's probably going to be mad at me for saying that. I don't know. It is it really, like, I, said, I feel like that's a hell of a story. Yeah, my... <laughs> My husband cheated on me with Harrison Ford. <laughs> no, it would it would it would never happen. The odds of that are like a million, two million, five billion to one. So it's never it's never it's never gonna happen. And I would probably just bring I would probably just bring her along too, so that like we could we could have like a double date or something. I don't know. Yeah, Callista wouldn't be happy with that either. <laughs> Probably not. Oh God, why? Why are we going down this road already? Let's move on. Make it stop. Let's move on. What are you watching? I'll tell you what. I think I need a drink right now. No, dude. This is too much for Mondo. No, dude. No, no, no. We we drank on on the New Year's Eve episode, and you you know exactly where that went. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you would have think we would have been drinking at the start of this show, the way this one's gone. And and Ben had to, poor Ben had to edit that episode and just had a really rough go of it, I would imagine, trying to keep up with all of the shenaniganisms we were going through. If by edit you mean I just, like, cut the ends off and put some intro and outro music on it, um, yeah, yeah, go with that. But uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Well, my version of editing. Please it, never in my presence again say, I just cut the ends off. <laughs> For the love of I, God. I can't help that your brain goes to weird places, okay? I can't, can't help it. Okay? Uh, the only time cutting the ends off is okay is when you're talking about burnt ends at a barbecue joint. Or the yeah, tips that's that's the, exactly what I was referring to. Or the bottom pieces of asparagus that are a little too hard to chew. And cook them, and you just end up like gnawing on them, like. Okay, 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 okay. Simmer down, okay. Now it is time for another segment. It is time. It's been. It's been. What you been watching? It's been. It's been time. Um, I kind of, I kind of just want to start with with the shortest element. I know it's at the bottom of the order on the show notes, but um, we've all talked about this trailer in different capacities on different programs. Ben, I know that you on the SWU have talked about it at length. So mm-hmm. um, feel free to chime in your two cents wherever you, you feel you need to. But um, Mondo, I, I want to get your thoughts on the new 
Mandalorian trailer that came out. What mm-hmm. um, what did you make of the direction that the show is going based on the storyline that we saw in season two and in the book of Boba Fett? Do you feel like this is the the right direction that the show should be going to, or should it have gone a different way? You know, it. This is going to sound like a cop out answer, but it's it's really hard to tell. I and, and I and I get it, right? I mean, you know, people like to try to pull things from trailers and and kind of write the whole story based on a trailer. Um, but from what I saw, I I feel satisfied. You know, I feel like it's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, it, so far to this point, you know, anything revol or anything sort of surrounding the Mandalorian story has been pretty good. Um, and it's probably been some of the best Star Wars that we've gotten since the Disney buyout. So I actually have a lot of hope. I have a lot of high hope. I'm actually really excited about that. Um, and it's probably one of the things I'm most excited about television wise that that's coming out here in 2023 and hint. Oh, yep. Getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit there. Um, I, I, I think, I think based on what we saw in the book of Boba Fett, he, he admitted to taking his helmet off and the armorer said that you have to go to Mandalore to atone for your sins. And within the trailer, he specifically says that he's going to Mandalore. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't actually see much of Mandalore, if at all, in the Rebels TV show, correct? We just saw Mandalorians. We went to Mandalore for a bit. I think it was the season three or four opener. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just kind of like outdoors, and they, they kind of went to Sindari, but they didn't go into Sindari because I don't think they had the budget for that. Right. <laughs> but uh, we there was some action on Mandalore, and then that's kind of the last time we saw it, and then it wasn't until we saw it in Book of Boba Fett, and it, and it got, got blowed up. And uh, now it's just a, a shell, and Mandalore is even worse shaped than it has been. But uh, now Din Djarin is headed to Mandalore to be forgiven of his transgressions, wherever he puts it. Right. But I really don't feel like that's where the storyline is going to end. Considering how many Mandalorians we see in the trailer, I feel like it's safe to assume that he he's going to try and not just atone, but possibly even help rebuild the Forsaken World. Wouldn't wouldn't that be decent speculation at this point? I feel like this has to be heading towards not, you know, this is kind of, a, I, at least this is what I hope is happening, is this is the last vestiges of him opening his eyes to the fact that he's he's been in a cult all this time, and and being a Mandalorian is more than just how, if you keep your helmet on or not. Um, he needs to get over that. I'm hoping that this is his him going to the the mind of the Mandalore will be about him getting through that, understanding his place in the world and understanding his place as the leader of Mandalore to, you know, coming back to that planet and going like, okay, now it's time to rebuild. And you have a great line at the beginning of the trailer, which is about, you know, him talking about, who are we? What do we stand for? You know, our, our people are scattered. Right. Um, he's standing with a bunch of Mandalorians, which seems to be like, hey, he's he got some bros now, and some he's he's got a, he's got a team. He's got a, maybe a clan that's standing behind him. 
that's willing to support him. That's interesting. That's the fact. But uh, I would imagine Mandalorians love to fight each other, so there'll there'll be a battle at least. It would it would surprise me very much to not have it. Um, but we've also kind of got like a lurking Moff Gideon to a certain extent because Giancarlo Esposito is confirmed to be back. Mondo, what kind of role do you feel like he's going to play in all of this in a plot that the trailer seemed to indicate was very Mandalorian-centric? So I I think, in a way, this is where I kind of feel like we're going to see like a big difference from what we saw in the trailers to what actually happens in, in the show. Well, yeah. And, 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 and I think, and I think there's going to be a bigger presence there than what people may think there's going to be. Um, I, you know, and, 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 and I like that. And I, and I think that that's going to be, and I hope it leads to something more, you know, like I hope that it's something that we get in this really big and, a very big presence, not just a lurking presence, but a big presence, right? Like not just something that's kind of there. And could could he appear this episode? Could he not appear? Well, we'll find out. Um, and you know, maybe something that starts to lend itself to future Star Wars stories and projects as well, like outside of them. Well, I I agree that trailers never really show the the full picture and i think now that grogu is harnessing his powers um there's a little bit more urgency to i don't know steal his blood i guess is what we've kind of decided upon is is gideon's goal like some sort of a jedi blood transfusion if you will um yeah. Ben, we've we we saw Coruscant a little bit in the trailer we there. Did. Um what do you what do you make of A Grogu's force powers and B do you think he'll end up on Coruscant at some point in this season? Yeah, that's there's definitely something going on there on on Coruscant and it'd be interested to see like cuz we it's funny we do get Grogu flashback again of him, which is obviously on Coruscant. Um so maybe maybe a full circle thing with you know seeing Coruscant in a flashback, seeing Order sixty six goes down, and then you know going further, you know it's cool to see Coruscant again. We were deprived of it for so many years, um, and then now we got it back in two big ways, both Mandalorian and, and more recently in Andor. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool that that's we're, we're coming back to that, and you know that's just, just that thing. I'm curious. I just I want more answers. I hope this season. I understand season one and two and Book of Boba Fett. I understand what they were doing, but I think there's some mysteries need to be solved. I, I hope we get a definitive answer about what happened to Grogu, how he survived Order sixty six, all that stuff. I hope we get a definitive answer in regards to why does the Empire want him? There was those Snoke dudes in tanks in that one episode of season two, and then there's. Obviously, they want his blood, all this kind of stuff. What's going on there? I want a kind of more solid answer of what's the Empire want? What are they doing? And, you know, are they trying to clone Palpatine? Because we know that happens. Well, OK, let's let's explore that. I just there's a lot of unanswered questions that uh, from definitely from season two. I was like, OK, things now that Grogu is back, we can answer them. Grogu is back. And there are a couple 
of people back in the director's chairs for this season, including Bryce Dallas Howard and Carl Weathers. Other directors for season three include Lee Isaac Chung, Rick Famiyua, Rachel Morrison, and Peter Ramsey. The Mandalorian season three is set to debut on March 1st on Disney+. Plus. Now, yeah. the one character that we didn't talk about a whole, whole lot, we, we mentioned his name, Din Djarin, um... Can can we just agree as we switch into our our next uh, topic that right now, like spring of twenty twenty three, and even going back before that, is kind of like the age of Pedro Pascal. Like this, this, this is dude, Pedro Pascal's world. We are just living in it. Okay, this dude. That's the facts. I'm I'm telling you, the other piece of of television that i've been watching recently i mean i've been going through like sitcoms and stuff when we're eating dinner when we're getting ready for bed we'll be watching things like parks and recreation or 30 rock or uh the office basically a lot of nbc shows on peacock has kind of been our our watch list but the other thing that we have been making time for the last couple of weeks and i can promise you we're going to make time for it for the rest of the season is hbo's the last of us and, and I and I tweeted something about it at one point where I basically said, I have not been this enthralled with television since August of 2017. And if anybody knows what was transpiring in August of 2017, it was the season seven finale of Game of Thrones. I really enjoyed season eight and I really enjoyed House of the Dragon, but I think the last two episodes of season seven of Game of Thrones were some of my favorite pieces of cinematic quality television that I have seen in recent history. And to me, these first two episodes of The Last of Us have been just as enthralling, if not more so. They are like 9, 9.5, 9.7 out of 10 for me. I have loved the first two episodes, and I haven't even played the game. Well, okay, so we were talking about this before the show. The fact that I've never played the game, you've never played the game, we've seen the first two episodes. Mondo has played the game but has not watched The Last of Us show. But I still think we can have a conversation about it because there's really nothing to spoil, I think. Uh, and for those of you who like – we're not going to get super into spoilers, but also if you if you haven't uh, – if you haven't – watched anything and you don't know anything about this story maybe skip the next few minutes um but you know overall it is extremely faithful i'm not super familiar with the game's things i have seen some cutscenes. i watched the first you know bit that scene the first 20 minutes of the show is you know kind of the first bit of the game i saw that way back when i was spoiled on that always for for years going back um so that was no no surprise to me still hit me like a ton of bricks emotionally and but overall like it's there's very few there's in the second episode there is a small change that I, i'm just just through reading stuff I've, i found out that was a change otherwise i wouldn't have known it and but like it's a small change it's still the basic bones of the story are there um down to dialogue and costumes and set pieces and all of it and the freaking clickers are terrifying and perfect um everything about the show is it's very faithful but it's also very both are standalone stories in their own right you don't have to have played the game to watch the tv show 
or vice versa. You can really just kind of go into it. Because like I said, we're I've never played the game, but I'm going into this. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, but Mondo, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I want to ask you what what you think because you haven't watched it. But what what is your impressions of the game? You know, I know you've played it. So, yes, I have played the games. Um, so <laughs> I've played the games quite recently, actually. And so here, here's the um I know I didn't get on the the Last of Us bandwagon when it first came out on the PS3. Um I I didn't I didn't really have a PS3 a whole lot, but I got a PS2 or PS PS2 <laughs> uh, a PS4 right around the time that the Last of Us the the, the first remaster uh was being released and it was just a remaster of the first one upgraded visuals uh, smoother frame rates, things of that nature. Uh, nothing was rebuilt for it. It was just remastered. And I remember playing through it. And the way that the game is, it's a slower-paced yet fast-paced game. It's hard to explain. But the way that the story kind of is, it's a very story-centric experience um, built with relationships that you don't necessarily craft your decisions like you do in certain games. But you see these relationships forming throughout the game. And as you progress through different areas and chapters, um, so I, so I, so I remember playing through that and I really, really liked it. And then the last of us two came out, which I know, um, it isn't a part of the show, but it, it, it I feel like it's important to this conversation. So I actually got that and started playing that this past summer. Um, because I had heard a lot of mixed things about it, you know, cause you know how people are. And I, I tend to try to wait for games to kind of come down in price a little bit. And I finally found it. I think it was for like eighteen ninety nine at GameStop, and I I decided to play it. And uh, <laughs> um, so Zach, do you remember the expensive thing I got around July? That's white that sits under my TV. Um. Can can you be a little more specific? Because I can make a lot of jokes about that. You can, but that's normally in front of the TV, not under it. Um, it hooks up to the TV. Um, it's used to play things. Video game. <laughs> You're, okay, video games. There you go. <laughs> you were setting me up for some slam dunks that are not appropriate for this podcast, buddy. <laughs> I was hoping. Y- yes, I, I know to what you are alluding. So... Playing through The Last of Us 2, I got about halfway through that and was like, I need that. It just doesn't even play much better on that, but I want to play this, even if it's 20% better of an experience, this game deserves to be played at the absolute best experience. Wow. And I I did. The, The night that I received said toy i remember Ugh. the first thing i did was i transferred my last of us to data because i was only about halfway through the game and that was actually the first thing that i played on that console was the last of us two and then they announced the last of us one remake um which as soon as it's no longer 75 dollars, i will purchase it jeez <laughs> and, oh, God. And, and that's actually why i haven't watched 
the show yet. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that I have no interest. I have a lot of interest in it. But what I want to do is I kind of want to wait until I'd like to wait until the whole thing is out on HBO Max. And my my plan is I want to sit down and instead of having to wait like week to week to wait for them, I want to be able to sit there and just sink myself into the world that they've created. Um, because I have heard nothing but amazing things, which makes me as a gamer makes me extremely proud. Um, but I also want to sort of watch it and play the remake of Last of Us simultaneously. That's um, really cool. To see kind of like, and I don't mean like have like multiple screens set up and play, but I mean like watch an episode of the show, play a little bit of the game, and then kind of get to where I'm caught up and then kind of work on it that way. To, so I can actually see any like see any differences, but I can also appreciate it. I feel like a little bit more, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, that that makes completely sense. I, I think that would be a really great experience to kind of literally play both stories simultaneously. You kind of experience them both and and appreciate the changes. You know, because there are so, some things that the game I've read into this. There's some things that kind of about the whole story, and also some smaller things that the TV show does take liberties with, and they have some very good reasons for doing that. Um, I definitely also recommend if you do when you do watch The Last of Us on TV, stay all the way through the credits and watch the behind the scenes stuff afterwards. Oh HBO yeah, HBO does some amazing stuff and just kind of goes through, and that's something that like, why aren't every show doing this? With like giving you like a behind the scenes picture for every episode. This is amazing, dude. They they did that for the, um, House of the Dragon as well, and oh, that's amazing. Like the the cast interviews that they do and some of the behind the scenes that they were doing, like the making of that they did for episode two gave me so much insight, especially about how they created the clickers, and. Right. Like, they consulted with people who played the game and people who helped develop the game in order to make sure that it was true to the to the format and the layout of how they looked. Um, tried to bring across that same sense of, of both anticipation and horror that you get from the game. Like, they are taking very, very grand steps to make it as similar and and respectful to the original as possible and i think the gaming community is recognizing and acknowledging that and giving it very high marks very high praise because not only is it a good show like like as has been discussed i haven't played the game but i'm still enthralled with the story i don't need to play the game to appreciate the set pieces, the costumes, the storyline, the fact that the opening sequence is set in Texas. Like, there's all kinds of really great takeaways that I can have from it personally without having to have played the game. I totally get where you're coming from, though, Mondo, with the wanting to play a couple of levels and then watch an episode and play some levels and watch an episode. I think that would be a really cool overall review process um just to be able to bring both of them into an appropriate light because 
the only things that I can really talk about are the things that I know, the things that I've observed, the things that I've seen. So being able to experience both concurrently is a really cool idea. So I'm going to take something that you said a step further. And you were talking about the clickers and how they consulted with the people who worked on the game to sort of kind of get that aspect right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's something that's even cooler about that. And, and that is, it's, it's my understanding, because, you know, I, being, being a gamer, I, I watched a lot of stuff as, it was, as the show was being made. Um, like behind the scenes, docu like little, um, what do they call those things? Um, di- like di- like diaries, like dev diaries as they're making them. And the the people that they actually got to voice the clickers in um, the show are the same people that voiced them in the game. Oh wow! So like. And a lot of the lines are actually the same, so they were able to recreate that not only with the look and the feel, but with the with the sounds and with every little aspect of it. So I think that alone is freaking awesome. Um, and 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 look, you know, as we talked about pre-show, uh, you know, I'm normally the gamer guy, and and, and it's so awesome to me to hear. Uh, people that don't necessarily get as invested in video gaming uh, to be this excited about something video game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there there's plenty of attempts that have been made at at video game adaptations, and uh, some have like been very valiant attempts, and some have been absolutely awful. <laughs> But I, I think I think the type of story that The Last of Us is telling fits into a genre that a lot of people um, are just naturally drawn to anyways. Look at the immense success of The Walking Dead and, and how it's got like a spinoff that had like six or seven seasons all on its own. Uh, it may still be going for all I know. I don't even watch it, but like... The Walking Dead franchise was huge and super successful because of its apocalyptic nature. And now you get to take something that is in a very similar vein, but takes a completely different and unique approach on it with the fungal component rather than it being a virus. It gives you a, a similar feel but gives you a new sense of dread that you get to experience as well. And I think that is super fun. Well, and I think I saw some discourse and I can't help agree with it. Just the, the whole idea of the, the walking dead is winding down now. I think I can't remember. I don't, I genuinely don't know if the last episode has aired yet or not, but it's definitely a, a, a franchise that was massive and, and for, for its own right still is, but was you know kind of controversial towards the end and you know is kind of on its way out now the last of us seems like it's picking up that torch and it feels like this is kind of beginning of a new era of kind of 
post-apocalyptic quote-unquote zombies but i love the fact that it's it's not zombies it could just be oh it's just another zombie show but no it's the fungal aspect and there's an opening scene i won't spoil for anybody because it isn't in the game but it's all about that and they lean heavily into actually there's two opening scenes in both the episodes that are all about kind of explaining what's going on and explaining the whole idea of what what is happening that the fact that this isn't just some kind of mind virus it is literally fungus it's literally fungus that are that are you know doing this to humans and it's just a really unique concept. Episode two introduces a lot of other stuff that you're like, oh, this is this is real scary and really interesting, and yep. just all kinds of stuff that you're like, this is this is way different. We've all seen zombie stuff over and over and over again. This is the same, but also completely different. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. And you know, you touched on something, and I know we want to move on to to, to another show. But you touched on something, and I think that's super important to bring up, is, is this just another zombie show or a zombie game or a zombie story at this point? Um, and, and I think that's why when it first dropped on the PlayStation 3, I tended to kind of not really give it much attention. You know, because at that point, like the zombie show, zombie type thing was starting to kind of... I hate to say it like this, was kind of starting to wear itself out. It was kind of starting to outstay its welcome. You know, you right. already you already had, you know, the Resident Evil stuff going on. Uh, you had already had the Walking Dead stuff, I believe, at this point. Uh, you had already had a couple of other zombie games that were, you know, starting to come out on the on, on the video game consoles. You know, so it was starting to be like zombie, 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 zombie. Um, so you saw like another thing like that. You're like, okay, like enough, you know, enough's enough, you know? Um, and so, and, and I think that's why I waited so long. And when I got my PS4, uh, whenever I, whenever I got that was in 2015, I don't even remember. And, and this was something I was able to pick up for relatively cheap. I was like, oh, it's right. It's a cheap game. I don't have much to play on this thing yet. And, and I quickly realized kind of like what Ben just said. It's not just another dinosaur. 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 <laughs> um, and, um, oh my gosh! Uh, uh, oh it's not just another zombie show. Um, okay, so here's the funny thing about that is I have our actual super secret show notes up, and I saw like the little dinosaur thing up at the top. It's like a little. Looks like Barney. I can't tell if that's done. It looks like. It's Barney. it says anonymous dinosaur. I think that's your profile. Oh, okay. So like I saw that pop up and I read that in my brain as I was speaking and it just blurted it out. <clears throat> oh, ask me if I'm surprised. Are you surprised? I'm not. Okay, you could have lied, but okay. <laughs> Why would I lie to you? I've never lied to you. That's true. That that's very true. Oh man. So I I think we've said all we can say for for two episodes worth of a of a TV show but to to have such high praise for something that is so new and and so unique and yet also something that we have seen before in a certain certain way. Um I definitely have a lot of hope for this series and this show because 
it's it just seems to be hitting all of the right notes at the right time um for 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 interest level for the gaming community for the the prosthetics the makeup the the characterizations the acting i mean i i mentioned how it was one of those things that enthralled me the way game of thrones did and what's funny is bella ramsey was on game of thrones so like you've got pedro pascal who's a game of thrones alumnus and from mandalorian you've got bella ramsey on the show it's just it's a really great one-two punch and really really great sets costumes everything about it i have very few complaints about anything that i've seen so far yeah, it's really it's 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 one of the in we've had like visually speaking, just visuals wise, like it looks amazing. And we've had some amazing looking shows lately. OK, like there's very you, you really have to find look hard to find a show that looks bad these days. And but it looks amazing and the whole mechanics of it. And yeah, I can't wait for Sunday, guys. Yeah, Mondo's gonna have to wait a few Sundays because I think this uh, series has like a nine or ten episode order, so it's uh, it might overlap with Mando, which is kind of crazy. It could, it could. Thankfully, they're on different days of the week, at least. <laughs> Steven in the chat provides some context for us. He says, "Fear the Walking Dead is still going. There was a spinoff called The Walking Dead: World Beyond that was a two-season spinoff story with more spinoffs on the way, but the main Walking Dead show has concluded." Okay. So, um, I I don't know if I'm going to watch all 11 seasons of The Walking Dead, and there's over 100 episodes of Fear the Walking Dead now, apparently. I thought it was going to be, like, three seasons that told, like, its own mini-story, and here it is going into, like, freaking season seven or eight or something like that, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> there's just so much of it, which is, it's crazy. Um... One other thing that I wanted to touch on for the What Are You Watching segment, which it's kind of ironic because Ben actually hasn't watched it yet, so we're not going to spend a a whole, (laughs) whole lot of time on it. But I just want to give some respect to that 90s show. Um, I know that it missed the mark on on a couple of things probably, but overall, it definitely had a look and feel that very much resembled the look and feel of the original That 70s Show. And this is something that people on the internet have wanted for years. They're talking about how, you know, That 70s Show was made in the 90s, so it was like 20 years apart, and now we're like 20-plus years removed from the 90s, so it's time to do a That 90s Show. And finally, somebody heard them and decided to make it, and I feel like what they made was a was a very solid foundation for uh, an, another show uh, that's set in Point Place, Wisconsin. I think it it definitely has a lot of potential. Mondo, what did what did you think of that '90s show? So I thought that '90s show was a fantastic show wrapped in nostalgia. But it also seemed to be a love letter in store, in a way, to that that live audience sitcom. You know, we don't. I mean, I know there's a ton of them out there, but this one just felt, you know, because this that '70s show was a time era piece. Obviously, that '70s show, duh, right? 
I feel like that 90s show, not only was it set in the 90s, but it felt like a show from the 90s it, 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 at times. And I really appreciated that. And I don't just mean like it took place in the 90s. I mean, I kind of feel like the way some of it was written a little bit and the way some of it was kind of kind of played out sort of felt like something I would remember watching in the 90s. And I thought that was really cool how how they did that. And I really hope this is a show that gets picked up for a second season. I know Netflix is, I don't want to say wishy-washy when it comes to stuff like that, but they're wishy-washy when it comes to stuff like that. They can be. So, I, I'll tell you, I, I really enjoyed my time watching through this, this show. And, you know, I, I went in optimistic that, that hopefully I would, but I also went in realistic knowing that there's a good chance that I'm like, oh, well, they have, you know, that's, that's as bad as that. I think, I think for like two, like, there was a very short period where there was an actual like 80 show spinoff of that 70 show that I want to say it failed within like two weeks or something. Oh, um, wow. I could be wrong on that, but I, I vaguely remember something like that. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought this, this was a home run to me and not a lot of that. The, the nostalgia like shows really get me like the way that this one did. Ben, um, I know you haven't mm-hmm. seen the show, but you know a lot of the characters. You know a lot right. of the memes. You're aware of what kind of influence it has on pop culture. And I think one of the one of the most interesting things to that you as a as a Star Wars fan could take away from it is that one of the main characters' names in the show is Leia. I was gonna ask about this. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, what? So, um, for those of you that that know about Eric Foreman, who was the main character of uh, that '70s show until Topher Grace ended up on Spider-Man Three, and his career just kind of spun out of control after that, um, his character of Eric was a huge Star Wars nerd. He was like absolutely invested in the Star Wars universe when it first came out in 77. And so he was getting like the Millennium Falcon collectibles and he was obsessing on the um, the characters and how unique and different it was. And it's revealed in the pilot of this show that he teaches a Star Wars college class. <laughs> My question to you is, do you feel like he would have been a Star Wars podcaster if podcasting was a thing back in the 70s and 80s? I mean, it certainly sounds like it. Um yeah, I mean, he's definitely like, I don't know, naming your kid Leia is that's a, that's a special that's a special kind of fan. No judgment, no judgment. I I know people, I have good friends who name their kids after Star Wars characters. I think it's pretty cool. I'm also like I'm not even sure if I'm enough of a fan to do that. Um because I I know I'm not sure my family would feel about that. So, you know, I'm just not going to go there. Um 
but like that's that's big time. Um, and I I, I like the fact that uh, it's funny. Topher Grace in real life, he's done these fan edits. He did the fan edit of the prequels, um, way back when. Um, I think he's done some other stuff too. He's, he's like, amazing. I think it's Star Wars Always or something like that. There's amazing like fan trailer for like all the movies. Topher Grace did that. Incredible. Um, so it seems like there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of room for error there. It seems like Topher Grace and his character are probably on similar wavelengths. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame. It's a sh- it's really a shame. There's there's imagine if you will going back to 1977 or whatever. I was 1980 or 1983 or whatever. Imagine being able to go back and listen to people on podcasts talk about those movies as they came out because now. We're all recorded. We all of our opinions about The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Oh boy! As much as we want to forget about them, they're all there. They're all out in the ether. They're, they're never going away. Right. Um, you know, it's 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 a shame that uh, people back in the day didn't have that. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. Did, when did podcasting come along? I guess that was two thousands. So I guess that wouldn't be part of the show. It would be interesting if it was. I, I think they found a really great compromise, though, in having him teach like a college course on Star Wars, because it's <laughs> it's set in 1995, which means this is four years before you get um, the Phantom Menace. And if the show, big if, but if the show is successful enough to go on for a couple of seasons, like say three or four, can you imagine how like big of a season and how big of an episode it would be for Eric Foreman to take his daughter Leia to go see the newest Star Wars movie and have it be Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. Because <laughs> um, they I also, if the show goes long enough, is, it, is this on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Oh, good Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not going to last very long, is it? Um, hopefully it lasts more than a couple <laughs> seasons. And, like, they can do some interesting stuff with, you know, they could do Y2K. They could do, you know, the Millennium. They could do Episode 1, um, which is still in the 90s. Um, but, you know, I guess I guess if they got went past 2000, it wouldn't be the 90s show anymore. But uh, they could. That could be the end of the show, maybe. I don't know. So that 70s show ended like the series finale ended by them ringing in the new year from 79 to 80 oh okay well that's perfect then so you could and they have to do the they have to do two th- the, 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 or they, they have, would they do this is a thousand show or would they do like a a skip a, a skip a thing and do like a this is a 2010 show or something i i'm i'm not entirely sure i think we're probably jumping the gun here because we're we're still trying to figure out if season two of that 90s show is going to happen but i i think it's likely because red and kitty foreman carried the show even after the legacy characters you know finished with their cameos you you got the fan service in the first episode and then um after that they carry it the new cast members carry it um Mondo, what did you think of the new cast? Because some of them, the characters were as young as 13, is what I read online. So these were actual teenagers that were part of this new cast. You, you know, uh, the first couple episodes, I'll admit, I, I was a little iffy on them. Uh, but they grow on you. And they grow on you in the similar way that the characters of that 70s show grew on. 
which I think is really interesting. And, you know, a lot of the new characters, you know, yes, they kind of took the easy way out, and several of them are children or offspring or related to some of the um, legacy characters, um, which would make, which would have to make sense in some way if you're going to include Red and Kitty. Uh, like, it would just have to be. Um, and... And I, but I think they pulled it off pretty well. And, and I think there's a couple pieces in there that um, I, I thought were really interesting that they did um, with that. And But I like the story arcing of the characters. Uh, you know, very true to Star Wars in a weird way, uh, since that's kind of what we were talking about. I really actually feel like this season had just like A New Hope, kind of had a beginning, middle, and an end to it. Um, like, if this is the only season, it actually did tell a complete story. Uh, I, I mean, there, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of story to tell after uh, after it, but it really does tell a full story when you sit down and think about it. Uh, which I think is really cool, in a way, because that's one thing, and, and I blame Netflix for this, but that's one thing that I really dislike is you spend this time and you get invested in a story and it leaves you on a pretty significant cliffhanger for the series. And then Netflix decides, oh, well, that's it. We're done. Pack it up. We're going home. And, and I don't like that. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like the way it was set up, they're expecting it to to end because honestly, there was a bit of a curveball in that 10th and final episode that I didn't see coming that actually complicates some of the character dynamics more than I thought the show was going to do. So, yes, I I was actually pretty impressed that they they decided to go that route and 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 leave it on the cliffhanger that they did. So, I think there's still more of this show to be seen and Ben, if it does take a little while, you have enough time to get caught up, sir. Yeah, I know, I know. Just just so many things. So many things to watch these days, okay? I know, I know. There's... I haven't even watched the new episode of Bad Batch, okay? There's a new Star Wars show. I haven't a chance to watch that. That's how busy I am. Dude, I need to watch the new one, too. I heard it's got Indiana Jones references. Apparently? That's what I'm... I'm so... Big, big indie vibes. I'm, I'm curious, at the very least. Oh, man, okay. I promised Mondo I wouldn't take very, very long, and I'm taking longer than I promised him I would. But uh, our next segment is uh, top five, and as per usual in the December slash January area of our top five discussions, it uh, it is a point of ours to talk about the things that we're anticipating in the coming year. Obviously, since Mondo and I already talked about our top five anticipated movies back on the mm-hmm. New Year's Eve special. He and I are going to shift a little bit and talk about anticipated TV series. And then Ben gets to talk about the movies that he's anticipating. And you guys and girls get to talk about the movies you're anticipating in the comments section. Um, But Mondo's got a very early start tomorrow. So I'm actually going to have him lead off and, and then sign off for the evening because he's getting up at, like, what did you say, dude? 5 a.m. is when you're getting up or something? Yeah, 5 a.m. <laughs> good, good Lord, you need to get out of oh. here. 
But sounds like it's going to be a hell of a weekend, so it's it's a good trade off. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot, lot of excitement there. Uh, so my uh, my top five, I'm going to go from bottom to top, um, and these are anticipated television series shows, whatever you want to call them, coming out uh, in the year 2023, and hopefully all these do come out 2023. I did the research, and they're all supposed to, but. Uh, my honorable mention is Shrinking, which is an Apple Plus show I've been seeing adverts for, uh, which looks pretty cool. Um, David Seagal is in this, or Siegel, however you pronounce his name. Siegel. Uh, Siegel, yep, that guy. Uh, it has I some really important... Seagulls! Mm, stop and, it now! And it has uh, some really some really uh, big actors in it um, that make appearances, Harrison Ford being one of them. Be there, big boy. Um, and, uh, essentially, uh, Siegel plays a, a shrink who kind of starts telling his people, like to his patients, I was about to say his people, um, starts telling his patients like the real thing instead of like, you know, telling them the truth and saying like he doesn't like in the trailer, uh, he has this, this female patient who comes in and talks and, and I guess she's in a, 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 I don't want to say an abusive relationship, but in a in a marriage that I think everybody can see is probably not going to last. And instead of trying to console her, he just says, "I think you need to divorce him." I think it's that simple. Um, <laughs> and just starts being like honest, but that starts to kind of wear on him, I guess, because then he starts to see some of the negative effects of what happens on those people, and his advice kind of maybe takes them down pathways that he didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, and he starts to feel, um, resentful or remorseful, not resentful, but remorseful for some of this. So it looks really interesting. Apple plus has been coming out with some bangers. Um, so my number five is Agatha Covenant Darkness. Um, I really liked what we saw out of that, uh, what we saw out of that character in WandaVision. And I really hope that they kind of, kind of continue some of that with the way that that was, uh, that was, Honestly, I, I think One Division is still probably one of my favorite uh, MCU television shows. Uh, Loki season two—that's um, going to be a really cool one. I hope it starts to connect more of the pieces, more of the dots of what's to come in the MCU. Uh, Secret Invasion, kind of the same thing for the same reasoning. Hope it starts to connect some of the dots, and I've just really come to enjoy all, uh, all of those things. I, Hawkeye was so much fun to watch when when I was watching that. Uh, the Disney Plus stuff, I'll be honest, I've really come to enjoy a lot of that stuff. I have been so invested in that dadgum National Treasure show. <laughs> like, it is beyond ridiculous. Like, I think I have watched every episode on Wednesday when it comes out. Um, and, like, I plan my day around, like, watching that. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch that. When am I gonna fit that in? Um, so there's so uh, number two is Mando season three. Uh, you know, we talked about that earlier and I think the Mandalorian story is some of the best star Wars that uh, has come out in the Disney era of star Wars. And I can't wait for more of that. Go Grogu, you cute little bastard. Um, and my number one show, uh, which I'm going to throw some Netflix, a little bit of love here. And it was just announced that this season is going to be the final season. Uh, and that is Cobra Kai. Uh, you know, I was not much of a karate kid, kid 
growing up, didn't really care too much for the movie. Didn't hate him, didn't like him, just didn't really care about some little kid getting the crap kicked out of him. Like, it just wasn't, <laughs> like, I mean, that's really what it is. When the kid just gets the crap just kicked out of him everywhere it goes, and he somehow fights back and wins, you know? Um, but the, the show, man, I, I remember uh, when the show finally picked up, I picked up on Netflix, I think it was on season three, uh, or the third season had just released, I want to say. So seasons one and two were on there, and, and season three was here to drop. And I, I turned it on one night uh, to kind of have some background noise. I was like, I'll turn this on, you know, whatever. Uh, I'll fall asleep, and I'll wake up, and like season episode four will be on, and uh, the last one I'm still watching, and I'll be like, I'm asleep, and whatever. And, you know, I'll just kind of have that in the background, kind of get the gist of it, see if I like it, and if I want to come back to it. Um, that was a mistake because Mondo burned a sick day the following day because Mondo sat up all night and watched that damn show. Like, I watched the sun come up. I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> uh, like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's, been a, like, it's been a while since the show's kind of pulled me in like that. Especially something that's not connected to anything that I have, like, a big affinity for. You know, like, Marvel. Like, this was a very Marvel-heavy list. And that's because I'm, I'm really big in the Marvel movies. Uh, you know, Mandalorian was on there. That's because I'm... You know, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed this, the Star Wars connection. Um, this was this was a spinoff show of, of a movie series. I really didn't care too much for. Like I mean, like like I said, didn't love them, didn't hate them, but wouldn't go out of my way to watch them. That's for dang sure. Don't own any of them on any way, shape, or form. So, uh, yeah. So with that, I'm gonna wax on and wax on out of here. Well played, sir. That was a fantastic list, bud. And you actually mentioned a couple of things that I wish I had mentioned, but I'm going to stick to my guns and stick to the list that I made, even if uh, even if there's a couple of things on there that maybe I, I wish uh, I had I had remembered to throw on there, but that's okay. Everybody be sure to go and follow Mondo D Comedy on Facebook. And uh, what's, yeah. what's your... What's your um, Twitter and, and Instagram tag again. It's also your gamer tag, isn't it? Yeah, it's Mondo24 2008. Uh, that's where you can find me on the PlayStation, the Xbox, the, the Steam, I believe. Uh, you can find me in all of those really cool things there. Um, and I do want to just say this. You know, you mentioned your list. You know, you was like, oh, crap, maybe I should have included that. Um, you know, and Ben brought this up a moment ago. And I'll tell you, 2023 is about to probably be one of the most entertainment-flooded years in a long time. All of those projects and all of those things that kind of got, you know, derailed due to the pandemic are all kind of landing in 2023. And it's not just movies. It's not just television shows. It's in the gaming community, too. And, mm-hmm. and holy, holy tamale. I mean, I don't even know what a tamale is. Um, I just made up a word. Uh, Webster, I'm gonna need you to come to my apartment ASAP. I have a new word for you. I'm pretty sure you combined you combined Holy Toledo with Holy Tamale, maybe. I have no idea, but (laughs) sounds like the name of a delicious candy that you would find at at like a CVS or an Eckerd's. Holy Tamale. 
They're delicious. And I'm exhausted, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> and with that, Mondo D makes a spectacular entrance and an even better exit. Thanks again for hopping on the show with us, dude. Always fun having you on the program. And have a great weekend. Sounds like you're going to have a really awesome trip with some really awesome people. I am. Look forward to it. And uh, uh, follow me on Facebook. A, you'll find out where I'm going. And two, you'll get to follow along maybe as I post random stuff that make no sense at all. But I'm going to do it anyway because that's just how I roll. Uh, and not just because I'm fat. I'm just, just how I roll. Like, it's just how, how it happens. They so. see me rolling. They hating. Okay. Get out of here, dude. We got other stuff to talk about before we can call it a night. So, um, Ben, we got to hear Mondo's five. Now we get to read some of the five from uh, other people who were talking about the the movies and shows that they are looking forward to. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to uh, lead off with my lovely wife who sent us a, a list of her own right before we started recording absolutely ladies and wives first mm-hmm. yeah that i gotta get some sense. i gotta get some brownie points back after that weird discussion we had about going to dinner with harrison ford <laughs> um her honorable mentions for movies that she's looking forward to in 2021 include renfield and wonka and at number five she's got the barbie movie with margot robbie Mm-hmm. At number four, she says this one was just a fun one, but Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh. At number three, she's got a little bit of a horror streak fan in her. She's got Evil Dead Rise at number three. Oh wow, yeah. At number two, Across the Spider Verse. Ooh. And then at number one, The Little Mermaid. Ooh, interesting. So she's kicking things off for us here, and I and I did it also to just make sure I didn't forget because most of our comments come in the Intergalactic Peace Hangout chat, right? And I'm gonna have that tab open, reading all of those comments, and I want to make sure I don't forget her. I also got a comment from Peter Miller on my personal right. page. I'm gonna read Peter's list real quick, and then we can just focus on the Facebook stuff if that's all right with you. That works. Uh, honorable mention, he's got Evil Dead Rise, and then Creed 3 as the oh, HMs. Wow. Uh, number five is Killers of the Flower Moon. Never heard of it. Uh, Interesting. Number four, Bo is Afraid. Also never heard of it. I'm going to have to like open another tab I and saw, start I was, I was looking. Up. I was looking up movies and I saw that. I think it's that, um, uh, what's his name? Joker, man. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Bo's Afraid is a surrealist comedy horror film. Comedy horror? I That's... don't really know how you how you blend the two of those. It's described as a decade-spanning surrealist horror film set in an alternate present in which Joaquin Phoenix plays Bo, an extremely anxious but pleasant-looking man who has a fraught relationship with his overbearing mother and never knew his father. When his mother dies, he makes a journey home that involves some wild, supernatural threats. Aren't we also getting Joker 2 this year? Is that happening? Or is Uh, that filming? I think it's still filming. I don't know. If we do get it, it'll be like at the end of the year. 
but I'm gonna say it's gonna work. Joaquin Phoenix is about to come back with a vengeance. I think it's. I think it got. I think it got pushed back to 2024. Ah, okay. No wonder I didn't see it on anybody's list. Yeah, I think. I think it got pushed back to. uh, From what the Google search is telling me, October of 24. So it got pushed back. Okay, those are the the comments that I've got outside of the out of outside of the chat. Uh, Do you mind reading? Uh, somebody's from the the Peace Hangout group because I've been suffering from allergies and need to blow my nose. I understand. So uh, I'll start it off with uh, our good friend and listener, Mr. Robin Glader. Um, he says, uh, number five, Dune Part Two. Uh, number four, The Marvels. Number three, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Number two. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's a mouthful of a title, but Mission Impossible. Come on, it's good. Um, And number one, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This is a jam-packed list. This is is big, big, big time with these movies um, because uh, I got a lot of heavy hitters. And Ant-Man and Wasp is just a few weeks away. So uh, we're we're getting right into it. See, I, I was never a huge fan of the Ant-Man franchise, but... but... Uh, yeah, I am also very much looking forward to... These are... I don't want to give away any spoilers from my list, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is a great list and something that I'm very much looking forward to all these. Um, I forgot, honestly, it feels like Dune, Dune just came out, part one. <laughs> So I'm like, Dune Part 2 is already coming they, out. That's really interesting. They filmed it back to back, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're right. No wonder. Because I, I remember the, the other one came out like October of last year, which just kind of all blended together for me. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dune Part 2 coming out later this year. Interesting. Yeah, it, it does feel like a quick turnaround. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have not been the biggest supporter of the Ant-Man franchise, but this movie has the potential to turn that around i think this is looking very different and unique from any of the other ones and it seems like the filmmakers are are making a conscious effort to do that which is cool which is really cool um let me see yeah i'm i'm glad i'm glad that that it's definitely different it's definitely a more serious tone especially that last trailer is like very way more serious than the previous ones so i'm like good good you should be serious i think marvel as much as they get flack for turning everything into a joke they don't do that but they do have a lot of jokes i think taking things a bit more seriously especially in a third movie um having a bit more serious tone i think is warranted yeah especially with the villain character that you're reintroducing he he made a very brief appearance uh, in Loki season one, which is probably why Mondo's so excited for Loki season two, is there's a lot of implications attached to that. But the appearance that he's going to make in this movie, I think, has a lot of right set up involved for what this next phase of the MCU is going to be. So there's a lot riding on this movie. True, true. So uh, yeah, it's you know, like I said, it's coming very, very soon. Well. Speaking of soon, I'm going to be reading another list uh, very, very soon. Uh, in fact, it'll be right now, now that I've found the list I was looking for. Uh, our good friend Joey 
a standby, a longtime supporter of the show, um, been been a part of what we do, been on the show as a guest yeah. host several times. Like this dude has has basically been with us since day one, and um, super super grateful for everything that he's been uh, for for our show and and for what we do and supporting us in so many different ways. Always, always submitting a, a five list even if he can't be on which is so much fun to to be able to take a look at i think nobody's going to be surprised by his number one if anybody knows joey <laughs> but at five this was kind of a wild card i don't think i saw anybody else put this one at five he's got haunted mansion yeah that's one that kind of blew me away is the fact that that's happening like i heard that that was a thing that was happening like a few years ago and now apparently it is coming out there's no trailers or anything for it but it's it's happening this year apparently and i don't know anything about it but joey must really must know something that i don't that, well uh, makes him hype for this i, I think, mean i love haunted mansion the ride so right i think i think that's the thing like the last time they made a movie based on a ride it turned into a five film franchise Right, as in so, Pirates of the Caribbean, you, you know. Right, but, but t, t, see, here's the thing: this is the second their second go at a haunted mansion movie. So, mm. um, I don't, uh, I don't know what uh, what will be different about this one. Or I don't, I've just never seen it. I know it's on Disney Plus, and I've heard it's really bad. I don't know anything else. Just um, wait until they try to make it the small world after all. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing going with Disney. All they've—I think it's Disney is the one company like they—they really have run out of ideas. It's like remakes of old movies, and let's turn more of our theme park rides into movies. Like that's all we got right now. Steven in the chat just reminded me. You know what other ride they've done a movie? Jungle Cruise. Right. Yeah, which was semi-successful. They also did Tomorrowland. With George Clooney way back in the day, which I don't think that worked out very well. No, but, I don't. Um, I don't think it did. But yeah, so it's not. They're not. They're kind of. They throwing, should. Throwing they should do away. one based on that Millennium Falcon ride. That one was pretty fun. They should. They really should. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I'm getting way off track here. That was number five for Joey Haunted Mansion. <laughs> At number four, he's got Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. At number three, this is one that's going to be in a lot of people's lists. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out in May. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny checks in at number two for our sci-fi guru friend. And then at number one, it's simply labeled as the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Now, here's the addendum that he puts in for his number one film, and this is the thing that's really curious. He says this is supposedly coming out in December, but as it stands, it hasn't started filming, nor does it have an actual title yet. Simply the filming code name Firehouse. He thinks this one has the potential to end up getting delayed into 2024, and yet he still stands by it as his number one choice. I respect that. I mean, I would I would expect nothing else from uh, from Joey. Um, and I totally understand. Also, kind of, kind of sucks that you don't have a thing. I, 
the fact that you don't know anything and it's supposed to come out then, um, but then you don't know anything and I don't know if it's filmed or not, um, probably not, probably isn't a good sign that it's coming out. It's just like um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron <laughs> is supposed to come out like next year. And uh, it's seeming like that's not going to happen. Um, but um, so, yeah, but I, I think uh, I think it's well enough to say that uh, – his most anticipated movie probably of the next five years is going to be that movie. So it's a, it's, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big investment that they're making in trying to revive the franchise, but I'm pretty, I I would say I'm pretty glad they're doing it. Like, yeah, this is, this is something that has kind of needed a turnaround and I don't think the all female ghostbusters really did that, but I think afterlife did. So definitely seemed to, you seem to kind of balance things out. Just it's like it's, okay, it's it's giving giving them ghost the Ghostbusters three that kind of everyone was was hoping for, or at least as close as they could to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it too. I like I liked Afterlife a lot. Alrighty, on to uh, Matthias's list, I believe. Yeah, so let's run through this really quick because uh, Matthias always gives us a really great list, really detailed one. So he says, "Hi guys, welcome into a new and." A- Exciting year. Hope the year has been nice to you and now and hoping you will have a fun as fun as I will this year as I will, if not more. Uh, thanks for keeping up the great work. Um, and he goes into his number five, which is Dune Part Two. Denis Villeneuve, Dune was uh, a fantastic experience in 2021, and I'm ready for another thrilling and fun ride this fall. Um, he has number four, Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. The Marvel Universe has had its troubles these last years with these the Phase 5. Seems like it was will have a smoother start than Phase 4, and I'm all here for it. I have missed these characters very much, and I'm very interested in learning more about Kang and his quantum shenanigans. That's that's all, I like that word. Um, shenanigans. Quantum shenanigans. Uh, number three, we got Oppenheimer. Nolan is one of today's greatest storytellers, and I'm ready for him to give me my life's biggest and best history lesson. Agreed on that. Uh, Number two, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm very excited for seeing Tom Cruise going on what seems to be his most dangerous mission yet with all those thrilling stunts. Some were filmed here in Norway. That's cool. Uh, Interesting plot lines and incredible stories. This is going to be an extremely good time in the cinemas. And then number one, I'm seeing a pattern here. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. No surprise here. You all know how that I love this archaeologist very dearly with the man gold. As director, I'm ready for another adventure, and remember, it's not the years, it's the mileage. (laughs) Yeah, there's a trend here, but for those of you that have heard my top five list already, you know that I broke that trend a little bit. um, Interesting. Because I actually had it at number two. Um. My my number five is actually Oppenheimer. I'm excited for it as well because of the cast mm-hmm. list. Uh, Cillian Murphy, uh, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Gary Oldman, Jack Quaid, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh, and Florence Pugh. All in one movie. Just incredible cast. Like, come on. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. But I had Indiana Jones at number two. With Across the Spider-Verse at three and Dune at number four. Any guesses what I had at number one? Oh, God. What is your number one? See, I, I know you posted online, but I didn't see it. I didn't read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. What was your number one? 
it um it's it's not Indiana Jones. Jim Jones is two. There's no Star Wars. So what's one of the other what's what's one of the other franchises that I've been like super invested in the last several years? Oh damn! Why am I coming up drawing a blank here? This is brutal. <laughs> uh, this is brutal. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> but that is on Steven's list, and we're going to be gotta reading be Guardians. that. It's got to be Guardians, right? Ah, there you go, my friend. Ah. Boom. Guardians Volume 3 tops my list. Just nice. be- just because I, um, I, I've i always loved what they did with the first one. The second one wasn't as good as the first, but the holiday special was freaking amazing. It was. It was really good. And uh, it didn't even have a villain. Did you notice that it had a, a an entire plot but didn't have a villain? Crazy crazy but not every story needs a villain that's good that's how good of a writer james gunn is he doesn't need a villain it was was so good it was so so good okay on to steven's list right i'll i'll go ahead and read this one off because you just appreciate it you you just had you just had an essay i'll i'll read i'll read the next (laughs) essay um at number five steven's got blue beetle he says it's kind of tough for me to be hyped for some Marvel and DC films these days, but I really hope Blue Beetle is a nice surprise. It features a Latino superhero who has been well utilized in Batman, The Brave and the Bold, and Young Justice. Hashtag Renew Young Justice. I hope this film is successful enough to be incorporated into future plans for DC. At number four, here's Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Says, I'm a simple man. I just want people's childhoods to be ruined. I'm sure this will be stupid fun. <laughs> I showed the trailer to my wife while she was trying to pick what her five was. And she looked at that and goes, uh, no, that's just stupid. That's going to be stupid. <laughs> I was like, that's the point. That's one of those ones that I'm probably going to like try to sneak a flask into the theater for and just take a drink the way I did when I watched Crawl. That's that's the type of movie that like I'm not into like horror movies. This is not a movie I'll probably go see by myself, but I would love to see it with like friends, with like just a bunch of people. Just to just go in the theater and just just because it's you know it's not going to be great, but it's going to be just awful. Just to <laughs> and, laugh uh, at it. It's going to be so much fun to to make fun of. Exactly. Just to laugh at it. Uh, at number three, it's Saw 10 or Saw X. I don't know if they're actually pronouncing the X, but it's Roman numeral 10. And he says, I wasn't a fan of Spiral, so I'm curious to see whether this will be a course correction and whether it may continue threads that were left dangling at the end of Jigsaw. I have only seen the first Saw movie. I have not been able to delve into the entire franchise. And so... I feel like I would need to do like a really big binge just to be able to put this. Maybe this will be like on my nice surprise list at the end of the year, but I just I couldn't justify putting it on my list, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, number two, there's kind of a trend here. We've got aside from Blue Beetle, it's it's Blood and Honey Saw at two. Evil Dead Rise. The trailer looks pretty good. Might be in the vein of the 2013 Evil Dead remake, which I really enjoyed. And then at number one is the new Scream movie. This is a slasher film series that is so good at refreshing itself. 
I'm still thinking back to how fun Scream 5 was, and I'm looking forward to what they might do with the New York City setting. That does look interesting. I I did see the 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 trailer for it and I have always been a big fan of Friends, you know that. And so Courtney right. Cox being in it is is fun. And then um Jenna Ortega who played Wednesday in the Wednesday TV series is in this uh this installment as well. So maybe got a couple of reasons to to check it out. I've got a, a subscription to this new chain of theaters around me called Look Cinemas, and I've got AMC A-List. So I've got a few different places that I could go to to watch more movies this year. So maybe this could be one cool. of them. But, yep, that is Steven's list, and he's actually listening live right now, so I know that he was very, very much anticipating hearing his own list, and hopefully we did it justice. We do our best, Stephen. We do our best. The um, uh, the uh, what does he call it? The show reel cut is what he likes to listen to. He doesn't listen to Ben's edited versions. He likes to listen to the to the slip ups and and the crappy versions so that he can really really critique how we do. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to get that that raw on it. It's just a, he's a he's an IPC hipster. He's got to get that got to get that original cut. I listened to um, IPC before all the rest of you did. <laughs> Um, but and who can blame him sometimes when the uh, when our uh, really uh, lazy editor doesn't get the the, the 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 actual cut of the thing on the podcatchers for like three weeks. Um, really embarrassing sometimes. Um, really got to fire that guy. It 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 happens. Life happens, and and there was only it's, like it's... there was only one person that was upset by it, and as soon as we offered an explanation, he backed off. So like. <laughs> It's it's That's okay because he was too nice. He is. He was too nice. He's a. He's a would never would never say an ill word about anyone. Okay. No, he wouldn't. He no. wouldn't. But we do appreciate your but it's patience. It's up on podcasters now. You can listen to the whole thing. Yep. Uh, Zach, I'm looking forward to listening to it. I haven't listened to it yet. It's going to be. In, I'm, I'm listening to it myself. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. But we appreciate your patience okay. in the meantime, Chris. Much appreciated. Three, okay, so three more lists to go got, before we read our own off. Three more. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We're gonna get. We're gonna get on this with a uh, uh, Francisco Matayana who says honorable mentions: Wonka, Indiana Jones, and the Flash. Uh, oh, the Timothy Chalamet Wonka. I think, is this the first time we've had that mentioned? Um, no, my wife mentioned it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some some hype building for Wonka. I'm not sure what to expect there, but uh should be interesting. Um, Francisco also adds number five, the killer. Uh, number four, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, number three, the Barbie movie. Uh, number two, Dune Part 2. And number one, Oppenheimer. Getting a lot of love tonight, which is cool to that's see. A, that's, a, that's a lot of really stacked stuff. Um, I will note that I'm a little surprised Indiana Jones is not in the five. I will note that I'm surprised Barbie is in the five. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of Indiana Jones and a complete absence of Spider-Man. He's like one of our resident, you know, big time sci-fi geeks. And right. we didn't even have across the Spider-Verse in that at all, which is fascinating. 
Interesting, interesting. Maybe, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was a number seven or eight or nine. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if we did top tens, we'd be here all freaking night. Oh God, no, we're not doing that. Guys. Not we're happening. Not doing that. Um, I do like the mentions of the Barbie movie we've got recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, spoiler alert: not on my list. I'm not super hyped for it, but man, that trailer got me interested. I'm like, okay, this is this is not at all what I expected. So. Um, and so that's that's really interesting, and a lot of people are getting pretty hyped for it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, up next, we got uh, our good buddy Dan Grievous. Yes, and uh, here's the here's the cool thing about um, posting these prompts like you know 24, 36 hours in advance, which is what we usually try to do. It, it gives our international listeners an opportunity to submit a list before we actually broadcast the show. And both Dan and Matthias had, you know, time constraints, but they were also dealing with um, time zones because they they live on on the other end of the world from us. And it was really, really heartwarming when when Matthias sent us this this very uh, lengthy list. He goes, was I too late or not? Time zones are weird. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, which of you are going to Star Wars Celebration this year? I'm going too, so maybe we'll see each other. Have a wonderful week. Well, first of all, hope you have a wonderful week as well, my dude. Uh, secondly, I don't think the time off plus finances are going to line up for me to be able to do it this year. But it is definitely on my radar to to do it sooner rather than later. So I'm hoping finances and job and passport and all that stuff lines up by the time the next celebration rolls around in europe yeah i'm i was just discussing that with some people last night actually and i'm not sure i'm gonna make it either um i really want to make it work um and i i especially want to make london work like i've i've never been across the pond and i know a lot of people over there who i'm really anxious to meet including you um that are are really so you know really special to me but uh unfortunately i don't think it's gonna work and something could still fall into a place and it happened stranger things have happened but um i'm kind of kind of laying low still i'm still kind of reeling from last year's celebration i'm just like i I really shouldn't spend that much money especially getting across the pond um but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely next year. Like, there's, there's nothing's going to keep me away from it, especially if it's on this, this side of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really don't see me missing that, that one. Well, I, my wife really wants to do a lot of international travel, um, but my, my, I, I actually have never left the country, so I don't even have a passport right now. So oh. I, I almost went to Canada when we did the solo discussion and then my car right. broke down and I had to pay for car repairs and it wiped out my vacation fund. So I, I almost went to Canada, but I didn't start the process of my passport in time. So I technically couldn't leave the country even if I tried right now, but I, I need I, to renew my passport. I just remembered. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. But my wife really wants to travel and I really want to travel. And so one thing that we're looking at doing is finding these destinations that we can go to together to, like, make memories and have experiences. And Europe is on that radar of places that we really, really want to go. 
I don't know if we're going to be able to like see all of Europe in like two weeks or whatever, like some people do. But let's say two or three years from now, they try to take celebration back to Europe and they do it like in Germany or in Spain or something like that. Maybe even France because there's a Disney out in France, you know? Like, it's possible. I would love that. Like if it happens in Europe, you know, the next time over, even if it comes back to London, I would love to go to London. Like – I don't. I don't have this to. This is like the third or like third or fourth time it's been to London. I don't even have so, to learn so, a new language that way. So like that's, that's really that's great true. for me. Um, so they seem to be rotating it around. Like they're doing like Orlando. Or they're doing Anaheim. Um, they did Chicago, which was kind of an odd one out, and then mm-hmm. they're going back to London. It was in Japan way back ten, fifteen years ago. I would love to go to Japan too. That would be cool. Um, but like that's my dream of just like. I would love to plan a vacation around, like, spend two weeks just gallivanting across Europe and then the end of it be celebration. Like, that would be that would be the dream. That would be really cool. I don't know if I would ever get enough time off to be able to do that, but I could possibly center a vacation around London, you know? Like, we spend a week across the pond and, like, Two or three of those days are at celebration, and then like three or four of them are in uh, London. They're maybe going up to to Scotland or Ireland for a day or two or something like that. So, see, I want to I want to do the filming locations, Star Wars filming locations. Yeah. I want to go to Skellig Michael. That would be cool. I want to go. I want to do you know all that. I want to go. They have a, there's a dam. I think it's in Scotland where they shot Andor. I want to see that. Like there's so many things that I I've like, like oh man yeah that's so many things and then there's the you know the classic stuff and yeah it's uh there's a lot to see over there there there's is a lot to see there really is um so all that to say maybe not this celebration but hopefully the next international celebration i will be able to make better plans for it anyways or maybe maybe they'll have celebration dallas maybe that'll happen <laughs> dude the the Dallas Convention Center is probably big enough to host it. I mean, they've done it in Orlando more than once, and they don't even use the entire Orlando Convention Center. Like, it's massive. Same thing in Chicago. It's massive. Um, so, like, they don't need that much space. Anaheim is pretty big. It's not the biggest convention center. I think they can make it happen. Throw a bone to us people in the south, okay? Come on. Some point in Texas or something. Hey, it's a it's a major international airport, and it's got a really big convention center. And the ATM company I work for just happens to have the exclusive ATM rights to that convention center. So I could, quote-unquote, volunteer to work the convention and get in for free. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that's how I get into Dallas Comic Con every year, is by volunteering to work that weekend. <laughs> Oh, I get in for free as a vendor. I get to park like in a special vendor parking lot and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, anyways, we are part of a of a group chat with a whole bunch of dudes that are uh, very interested and invested in the Jurassic franchise. And every now and then, we'll talk about other things outside of dinosaurs. And our friend Dan, who sent us a list earlier today wrote us a message in that group chat saying, IPC, I haven't forgotten about you. 
because he hadn't <laughs> sent us the list yet. And he said, just a lot of work, and I don't post on Facebook during work hours. Love you guys, and you will have my list in a couple of hours. Lo and behold, he did get that list over to us, and there are actually dinosaurs in his list of five. Yeah, there is. I don't know about you, but I think one of the surprises of the year could be this Adam Driver 65 movie. I, it really could. It really could. Like Adam Driver, I'm glad he's continuing to do interesting things, not afraid to dabble in some, some sci-fi fantasy. Um, and 65 looks really interesting. It's amazing how, by the way, this is dance number five um in case you haven't already told that um so uh he puts it as number five which is kind of interesting but um the whole idea of using dinosaurs like jurassic park never it never like had a you know a a, what what, what would we call it like a you know a, a thing with with dinosaurs like anybody could use them but it seems like everyone was afraid to touch dinosaurs because Jurassic Park just did it so well, I guess, for so many years. Right. The fact is that now we're getting these other movie with dinosaurs that's kind of this cross-pollination of, like, it feels a little bit of Quiet Place. You, you put a great thing together, I think, in one of the group chats, like, kind of, kind of a little bit Quiet Place, a little bit Alien, a little bit Jurassic Park. Um, kind of thrown on in the and I obviously you can't not make some Star Wars connections having Adam Driver in a sci-fi movie. So, right. but uh, it looks really good. Like the trailer looks really interesting, and I'm I'm glad to see some kind of after the now the the Jurassic franchise seems to be taking a bit of a break. Some some a new a new dinosaur franchise may possibly be starting. Well, and you know I, when I when I look at it, I also think of maybe something like Planet of the Apes. Because that too. That too. the the first the very first Planet of the Apes movie involved you know the this this time warp component where you go out into space and time travels faster on the planets while you're out in space and you end up you know back on your own planet and it's been so long you don't even recognize it like it, I think it has some of those types of components as well and so you know it could have some apes it could have some Jurassic Park it could have some Terra Nova if anybody remembers that Fox TV show it could have some Star Wars it could have some Quiet Place it's got a lot of potential i just hope it lives up to some of it even even a fraction of it would still be a very enjoyable ride yeah i hope uh it could go either way at this point but it does it looks really sharp what what i've seen so far so yeah, so 65 is at number 5. Across the Spider-Verse checks in at number 4. Quantumania checks in at number 3. Guardians Volume 3 is his number 2. And then, I don't think this is any surprise for anybody who knows Dan, it's uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at number 1. There you go. Great list. All right, um, only one list to go. I think we have just one more list to go. Uh, Scott Forbes bringing up the rear here with a great. Uh, he didn't number them, but I'm going to read them in the in the in the order that he gave them to us, assuming this is the right order. Um, he says, uh, starting off with Dune, Bo is afraid, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Marvels, and Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Volume Three. Ah, <sighs> that's a good list, man. There are there's some really good lists here. Some wild cards and some trendy ones and some not as trendy ones. But all in all, I think it's pretty safe to say the ones the movies that we're gonna absolutely need to end up talking about this year are gonna be things like Dune, Quantumania, Guardians, and Indiana Jones. Like those are the ones that we're getting like the most attention uh this this go round. So now we have a pretty right. good idea of what stuff we're gonna actually need to review when we get together for these episodes. I am. That's that's a big thing. That's a big thing to be excited about. You know, we're next few weeks we'll have uh, more Marvel stuff to talk about. Um, but I'm not TV and movies, which is just we are in a golden age of just everything. <laughs> just amazing what uh, what we have to look forward to just this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. There's there's so much out there, and some of it is like you said, gold, and then some of it is more like bronze or copper or just absolute crap. And that's what I'm putting at my honorable mention spot. I, As I mentioned, I've already listed my five movies, so I'm doing TV series so that you and I can keep alternating, but I have like a five that I get to put out there. So for my honorable mention... um. It's actually a TLC show that I swear is based off of something that they made a mockery of on 30 Rock. It's Oh, really? It's it's a it's a it's one of those these Turner reality show type things and it's like a like a dating show, but I don't really know how this is going to play out. I think it's going to be absolutely stupid and I would only watch it so that I could laugh at it. But they're doing a show that's called Milf Manor. What? Oh my god. Are you <laughs> it's, serious? It's a dating reality show <laughs> with women in their forties dating men who are in their like twenties. Oh my god. And the drama of it all that people are speculating is that the contestants the the young men that are showing up for the dating show are going to be the sons of the ladies who are the contestants oh, for crying out loud so like jessica's son Derek, could be dating mary or whatever and she has to like watch her son date this other milf in the show <laughs> all in the family yay <laughs> Sounds awful. And if you've watched the show 30 Rock, they actually made this this like survivor style show that they called MILF Island. And it was about older women that were dating like eighth graders. Like it was What? It was so stupid. It was so stupid. But I swear that TLC borrowed from 30 Rock. And that's like one of the only reasons I'm even going to like waste my time with this. So yeah, <laughs> my my honorable mention is, is MILF Manor just so I can laugh at how it's based on 30 Rock. Oh my gosh. That's, uh, that's an incredible, that's an incredible list. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. I'm I'm off to a I'm off to a rousing start, aren't I? 
Oh yeah, that's just that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so um, for your that's, that's your... certainly trash TV. Yeah, absolutely. So for your top five movies, any honorable mentions? Um, I got a few actually because I kind of so I went down the list and I started picking some out, and then uh, there was uh, about as many got into the list as as were thrown out of the list. Um, um, I'll say these three really quick, just as kind of the 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 outliers, and then I'll mention my honorable mentions. Um, so kind of honorable honorable mentions, mentions mentions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie looks pretty good. Um. And, uh, you know, that's – I'm really kind of excited about that one. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I got a little matches tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. I don't know what to expect. Who knows what's going on with the DCEU, but I'm really looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for my actual honorable mentions, um, I didn't want to include it in my list because it felt like, oh, it's just coming up in very soon, and I feel like I'm not even anticipating this point. I'm just waiting to watch it. Ant-Man of the Wasp, Media is definitely an honorable mention one i'm probably the most hyped for right at the moment but it's just because it's so close um and also the flash movie i would have probably put it higher on my list but um the star of the movie kind of has me <laughs> a bit conflicted about oh, that movie goodness gracious. so um I'm just like I really I'm legitimately like I think it could be good. Like it's got Michael Keaton. Like I legitimately liked their performance as the Flash. Like I I like those characters, but it's just a mess. So I'm like uh, I think I'll probably just catch it on HBO Max. I don't really want to go out to the theaters. Yeah, but I am still like I want to see it. Like I still want to see it. If it's a train wreck, I still want to see it. You know I'm a big fan of the Flash. So yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with honorable mentions. Those are good ones. I think I'd be more excited for the flash if they had, um, recast with Grant Gustin. I really, really expected after all (laughs) of the drama, uh, surrounding Ezra Miller that, that DC would, would make the right call and be like, okay, we already have the two of them having a conversation, uh, in the flash TV series. Let's just go complete flashpoint and just bring Grant onto the big screen. But no, they didn't do that. So yeah. little little less excited for it. Um but I'll probably still watch it. And since I got so many different movie theater subscriptions, I'll probably end up seeing it in the theaters. Maybe just bring the flask with me or something. Bring the <laughs> flask to the flash. That'll be appropriate. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Um But um okay well let's get into it. What is your number five? My number five is one we've actually talked about already. It's that 90s show. Uh, I was very, very excited for uh, what the continuation of the franchise was going to be like. I was happy to see the legacy characters. Uh, even though um, they they had a very brief appearance, it was still really nice to see. And Steven said in the chat earlier this evening, he said, I enjoyed most of the show, hoping for another season. Uh, the least believable thing for him was that Donna would actually allow Eric to name their daughter Leia. So that's <laughs> that that's a that's a clever jab, dude. I appreciate that. But ov- overall, I feel like they um they 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 did what they set out to do and it was a fun it was a fun ride. I was looking forward to it and we binged it in like a day, day and a half. So uh, even though it was just 10 episodes, I feel like Netflix delivered, and I hope the viewership stats give them enough reason to to bring it back. 
That's cool. That's cool. You you're getting me a little hyped about it, to be honest. Yeah, all this talk, I'll let you think, because uh, you know, I heard it was happening, and I always like even stuff that I'm not familiar with. I'm like, that's probably not going to go over well with the fandom. You know, that bringing back this old show, kind of doing a new version of it. You know, it's not changed all that much, but the fact that you guys are big fans of it and it's things that gives me hope that uh, that uh, it's actually good. And uh, I'm, I'm very much interested. In the whole Star Wars connection gets me has me intrigued. So that's that's really cool. They make um, they, they make a, a a joke about do or do not. There is no try, <laughs> and it's it's pretty funny. Well, there's that old meme of just like uh, the foreman sitting there and is his dad, and he's like, "What's this one? Oh, oh, it's the guy with the breathing problem." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Classic meme. Classic. Oh meme. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, this is real weird, by the way, us going back and forth and we're giving two different lists, but it works. It works. It kind of it kind of works. I think it would have worked better if Mondo had been able to stick around, but we ran the show a little bit long and he had a bedtime. So I, yeah, I get it's it. It's fine. We'll, we'll we'll start earlier next time and I'll do it on a different night when when Mondo doesn't have to get up at 5 a.m. Five. Like, yeah. Jeez. Crazy. He's the guy, you know, can't you stay up all night, Mondo? You got to sleep. Come on. See, man. what's funny is he's in between jobs right now and his new job doesn't start for like another week. So pretty much any other night he probably could have, except tomorrow when he's getting up to go on a road trip with friends. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's that's more important though. That's more important than work though. Yeah, it is. And if you look, look, I've been on plenty of trips. If you don't get up early and like hustle, you don't get anywhere. Okay, that's just that's just trip one hundred and one. Okay, so he's doing it the smart way. Well, and he volunteered to Um, drive too, so he's got to be able to be there on time. Oh yeah, he's got to have the sleep, man. That's that's that's. That's crucial, crucial part yep. of the process. Yep. Um, so, yeah, smart man. Smart man, that Mondo. He knows what's important. Um, but, okay, okay, number five for me, um, completely different again. My top five movie is Dungeons and Dragons. What's it, What's the name of it? I think I can't, I think it's uh, something Heroes. I don't know. Um, it's on my top five. I should know this. <laughs> you should know uh, the but name. But I did see the trailer. <laughs> I did see the trailer, and uh, – Look, I'm not a Dungeons & Dragons fan. I'm really not. Um, So why am I into this movie, you ask? Two words, or one name, perhaps. Chris Pine, okay? Yeah. He's he's another person. Speaking of guy crushes, I'm (laughs) like, I legitimately think he is up there with Sam Witwer as a guy crush for me. Um, And just I just love that guy. I love that guy so much. Um, I love his humor. I mean, obviously... Star Trek made me fall in love with him, but everything he's been in, like even Wonder Woman 1984, which was a movie that was all over the place, he was good in it. <laughs> like he was good. So it's it's crazy, but uh, this movie looks really good. And it's got a stacked cast. It's got Gina Gina Rodriguez. Um, got really a lot. It's got um, forget his name. Um, but yeah, just really great cast, and it looks kind of funny. And there's it's kind of like a little bit of Thor Ragnarok, a little bit of um, you know, it's a bit humorous and kind of crazy, and I like that. I like that. So, I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping this is good. I'm hoping this is good. I really want it to be good, but uh, I will go see this. I definitely will go see it. It's one of my, it's my top five most anticipated movie. Uh, Reggae Jean Page from Bridgerton is also in it, and Justice Smith from what was it? Uh, there you go. Po- Pokemon and, uh, and uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. Yeah. Like Honor Among Thieves. Honor Among Thieves. I remember that. There you go. Yep, that's that's a good one. Um, 
a, a reminder for the fans, uh, my number five of the anticipated movies was Oppenheimer. Just, oh. just so, just so y'all don't forget. Um, Oppenheimer did not make my list, but it's it's up there for me. It's one that I'm I'm kind of waiting and seeing. I'm not really hyped for it. I'm just like. I'm I'm obviously a fan of Christopher Nolan and uh, fascinated by the story of Oppenheimer. So interested. Um, I'm I'm just interested in the cast. Like the the history <laughs> yeah, the history really lesson can. will be great, but the cast I think is going to be even greater. Yeah, like and they got they got RDJ in there. He looks unrecognizable. Ah, it's so good. It's it's crazy. All right, so on to your number four then. Um, my number four for TV shows is actually Shrinking. Mondo touched on it a little bit before he <laughs> signed off for the night. But I I love the Harrison Ford, Jason Siegel one-two punch. And I think it's going to get really real. I think it's, it's going to be really funny. I think their chemistry is going to be really good. Um, I think they'll play off of each other really well, just based on what I've seen in the trailers. And it looks different. And like Mondo said, Apple TV has put out a lot of really good stuff lately. And I think this is going to be more of the same. I think this is going to be in the vein of like Severance and Ted Lasso as far as like really, really well-produced content with a really good cast. And you know, even if it's not a topic that I'm super into, it's a couple of characters, it's a couple of actors that I'm super into. And... As much as I hate to say it, I trust Apple, at least when it comes to what they're producing on their streaming services right now. I may not trust them with their technology, but I trust them with what they're producing. Yeah, they're, uh, they've been pretty consistent with putting on some really good shows lately. So, uh, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the preview for that recently, and I'm like, man, that, and, and, like, you don't expect to see Harrison Ford in an Apple TV show. <laughs> no. Here we go. No, not really. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. I'm gonna check that out. Um, okay, so I guess I'm to my number four. Yes, sir. Um, my number four is one that uh, a lot I got a lot of mentions this week, um, and you know, some one that's near and dear to my heart, um, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. You know, it's it's a franchise that is so special to me. And, you know, I saw the trailer. It didn't get me as hyped as I wanted it to be, probably. And, and that's maybe part of the reason why it's at number four and not down the list. But still makes the cut for me. And, you know, it's just – it's Guardians, man. It's it's things that we've – over the course of the show, IPC, we have watched and enjoyed and talked about the Guardians movies so much. Um, genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the first, the definitely the first one, and I love two too. So, you know, volume three. I don't know how they're going to end this. It definitely seems like a more somber version. It's not not as uh, not as funny. Maybe I'm sure there'll be jokes, but um, it's definitely taking a more serious approach. It seems like this is going to be a bit of a heavier movie, which I'm I'm not sure how I feel about. I'm not sure how I feel about. It. I'm not sure I'm mentally and and emotionally prepared for it, but um, I'm sure it's going to be great. Like James Gunn rarely if ever misses so uh well and it's 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 kind of his victory lap as well like he's wrapping up the guardians franchise it's his last marvel movie before he makes the full-time switch to dc so right there's a there's a lot going on in this one but i think it's going to be really good that's why it's the one i'm anticipating the most i you know 
the the first movie came out back in 2014, which is the first year that IPC was broadcasting. Gosh, was, yeah, I thought I thought that was the case. I couldn't remember. It was one of the, it was one of the first things that we ended up reviewing on the show. So, like it it's it yeah. it goes it goes way back there. And here's something else that I just realized while we were on the show tonight. Um IPC as a as a program, unless I'm miscounting, IPC as a program has existed in the span of I want to say 10 different years. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. It we started it in 2014, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, so 2014, yes. that's one. Then we go 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23. Am I am, am I am I doing bad math here or or Am I am I getting this right? It's existed in the plane of ten different years. We are working on our tenth year, yeah. But I thought we were coming up on our ninth anniversary. Yeah, but time works differently, doesn't it? it? It's it's wibbly wobbly. Like I think May will be our ninth anniversary, but we have existed in the plane of ten different years, which is crazy. Just wild. Just wild. Uh, my number three, as far as uh, TV shows go, is going to be Secret Invasion. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about it, and I've kind of been keeping it that way. But Nick Fury coming back and having some ties to Captain Marvel and having some implications for other movies and, and shows going forward, I think it's setting itself up to be very connective tissue and I like when there's a lot of of plot mixed in with my Marvel action and I feel like Secret Invasion has the potential to be all of that and possibly a little bit more if you got Samuel L. Jackson attached to it so Secret Invasion is my number three yeah I wasn't still not the biggest fan of the Captain Marvel movie but like the whole scroll thing and what they teed up there in regards to like how that could be a huge thing is uh, real interesting, really interesting. And I'm, I'm very curious to as much as I think that could be the plot of Avengers movie, putting it in a series and giving Nick Fury a, a more starring role, I think could be really interesting. So, yeah, I if I had a top five most anticipated TV list, that would probably be near the top. But I don't. So I'm gonna go back. Yeah, let's to let's go. Number three. Let's go to TV. Sorry about that. My nose has decided to act up on me in this last twenty minutes or so. So I probably am gonna be ducking in and out unexpectedly at times. It's perfectly fine. A little bit of silence. My, never my hurt nose. Anybody. My nose hurts. My 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 nose just hates me. Like it doesn't hurt. It just it doesn't like me. I no. I know. I'm. I've had. I've had allergies uh, all my life. I know exactly how you feel. It's uh. It's bad, okay? Um, but let, let's just let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's move on to my number three, and it is another Marvel movie. 
and obviously those are big for me. And uh, this one, not in the MCU, but still very special to me, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Into the Spider-Verse was so special and something that I, I don't think I really expected to be as much of a favorite movie for me as it is. And uh, it's one that I still go back to, like, you know, very much a comfort food type of movie for me. And this one looks great. Like, you have, you know, Spider-Man 2099, voiced by Oscar Isaac. You've got thousands, millions of Spider-People in there. you got the original cast back. Um, man, it just looks great. looks really, really good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they progress the, that story and where it goes. And apparently, I think it's supposed to be... They're not really advertising. I think it's supposed to be into the Spider across the Spider Verse Part One. So there's two coming down the pipe at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this one. I think there's supposed to be like a sequel of some sorts, and eventually, it's going to change its title, kind of like Infinity War did with Endgame. So it'll be across the Spider-Verse parts one and two until part two gets its own separate name. I don't think it has a name yet. Yeah, I they did the same thing with the uh, Avengers three and four. Yeah. Uh, just like it was going to be Infinity War part one and part two. And then we're like, nah, we'll call it a game. Right, right. So uh, interestingly enough, across the Spider-Verse was actually number three on my movie list as well. Ooh. And uh, I had uh, Dune at number four for me. So, um, I'm I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I really really loved Into the Spider Verse, and I'm really looking forward to what that continuation is going to be. It's long overdue in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the number two spot for me is going to be kind of a wild card, but uh, I know there are some people out there who are really really going to be happy with this choice. Most notably, people who have been on this show before and done an entire IPC episode on this series, on this franchise, when you and I both couldn't make it. (laughs) Yeah. This year, Paramount Plus is expected to do a Frasier revival. I've heard about this. They are looking at finding a way to bring Kelsey Grammer back onto the small screen via streaming services. And in all the interviews that they've spoken to him about this, he said that it's been very respectful. It's been uh, very. Um, they've been they've been able to um, capture the essence of the show while also finding a way to continue it in a proper way, even with you know uh, David Hyde Pierce saying that he doesn't really want to return, and with um, Mr. Mahoney passing away, they've still right. been able to find a way to capture the essence of what made Frasier so special. And they're looking at bringing it back this year, and I'm really, really excited at that prospect. Yeah, that looks it looks interesting. It, it's, this is the age of kind of bringing back old things, renewing them, or giving them a sequel, or whatever. As with that '90s shows, so uh, should be interesting. I love older. Um, I love I love older TV shows, and Frasier is kind of on the cusp of being one of those older shows. Um, very, very late 80s into the 90s type of aura and it was super successful went on for years and years even after cheers finished and so um i'm i'm hopeful about what they can do with this uh, with this revival with, I, I don't want to call it a reboot but i don't want to call it like 
another season. It's almost like what Star Trek Picard has been for the next generation, but uh, but in the Frasier universe. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, totally. So that should be interesting. I'm surprised it's coming out this year. It seems like they've been talking about it for a while. I guess it's past time. I guess so. Um, So, okay, so my number two on the movie side of things is something that um, I – I definitely was interested when they revealed the title for this. It's a sequel to another Marvel movie that I that I wasn't the biggest fan of, but it, the title immediately draws to mind, you know, something interesting that Marvel's doing with, you know, maybe not uh, doing a straight up sequel or a blah blah two type of thing, so something different. And after I saw Miss Marvel, that just through my expectations through the roof for this movie obviously i'm talking about the the marvels um which is apparently coming this year and i don't know i just you know i think uh carol denvers deserves a lot of uh i think she hasn't got really her due yet in the mcu i think i'm looking forward to seeing more from her um you know uh, kamala khan already has my heart my god that 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 actress and that character is so lovable and yeah, you know, just she's so incredible. Um, I look forward to seeing more of her. And then you got Tiana Paris um, also coming back as I can't forget the name of the character, but uh, from WandaVision. So and she just has powers now, which is really interesting. And the idea of like putting all three of those characters together and their history and the fact that uh, Monica probably doesn't really like. Uh, Carol and what happened with her mom and all this kind of stuff. There's some baggage there. Yeah. All around just makes me very, very excited to see where this movie. And if you've seen the ending of Miss Marvel, you're like, that just upped the ante so much. Like, what is going on? What's happening? And uh, I got to see what's next. So, very much looking forward to the Marvels. I will definitely go see that in theaters, but I guess I wasn't as entranced by Ms. Marvel as other people were. I enjoyed Fair. it. I enjoyed it and I and I appreciated it for what it was, but I also saw that final scene more as a desperate grab to keep people interested in the show rather than something that was actual plot. And so I want to see them prove me wrong, if that makes sense. I, 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 I've I, heard some things about the movie that make me interested. That's fair. Because um, they, they showed some footage, I think, at Comic-Con from oh, okay. the Marvels. Okay. That has me like, okay, that's that's interesting where they're going with this. Interesting. Interesting. See, there, there's some context stuff that I'm just – I'm not privy to, I guess. Um, just because I don't, I don't keep up with it as well as I used to. Um, Dial of Destiny is my number two on my, on my movies list. For those of you that maybe didn't tune into the New Year's Eve special. And then Guardians Volume 3 rounds it out as my number one pick. That is Ben's number four pick. As for the television side of things, I actually have a tie for first place. With uh, two different shows that are actually kind of coinciding with one another. And uh, this is the first time I've ever done a tie for first place. Because I am... (laughs) I'm I'm equally excited for these, and I I can't like pick one and not pick the other, so you know I I feel like these could end up overlapping, and I feel like they're definitely going to like reference each other, 
and I feel like it's going to help create a, a bigger uh, universe than what we've already gotten from uh, these characters and from these shows. And I am talking about Mando Season 3 and the first season of Ahsoka. Oh. I, I Look, I think that totally works because those things are going to be very much connected. I think even more connected than we know right now. There, yeah, there's going to be a ton of connectivity, I feel like. And so to, to have one without the other feels kind of foolish to me. And it's time for me to make history because I've never done a tie for first place before uh, in any of the top fives that I've listed before. And I think this is an appropriate time to start. So Mando, totally Mando Season 3, Ahsoka premiere season are the two things I am looking forward to the most from streaming slash television this year. Absolutely fair. Um, great choices all around, but especially those last two, because I think those would also be high up on my list. Um, but nine number one for my most anticipated movie of the year is one that's been talked about a lot this this tonight, and um, it's been a lot of people's number ones. And look, for the record, I did not copy any of you. I came to this decision on my own, all right? So no copycatting here. But uh, this legitimately, just the legacy of this character, this franchise, has been near to, to my heart for a very long time. And, you know, this actor coming back, I was skeptical, I'll admit. But he still got it. Harrison Ford still got it he ain't slowing down and i'm so happy for him don't don't be age shaming him all right all right if he's wants to be 80 and he still wants to be indiana jones um let him be indiana jones um and he seems to be having a lot of fun love phoebe waller bridge back and just all around the trailer got me really hyped so yes my number one is indiana jones and the dial of destiny um even got john reese davies back there's so much in that trailer that uh really just hit me in the feels, and uh, so I'm, I'm very much looking like I'm like, because going into it, I'm like, could I, you know, I have I mostly like King of the Crystal Skull. I have mixed feelings about it. I get why people don't like it. I want this to be good. I don't want this to be everyone loves it, and I'm getting a feeling it could be getting the feeling this could actually be really good. A really good installment, final chapter in Indy's life, and that's really exciting. I I think this needs to be the farewell, the send-off that Indy's character deserves. Because he didn't really get it in Crystal Skull. I feel like he got it in The Last Crusade, and then for whatever reason they made this other movie. But <laughs> this is this is something that I feel like is long overdue, and something that is is going to grab people at the right time, especially with the void of Star Wars on the big screen. I think this is the big franchise that is going to get like the Star Wars fans to go out into the theater again. And uh, I even heard rumors of like certain Star Wars groups that you and I have belonged to talking about doing, you know, a a Star Wars style meetup to go see this film instead. Um, yeah. don't think it's going to gain as much traction as the Star Wars movies did, but the fact that it's that accessible to Star Wars fans is, is really great and really encouraging, and I think it's going to bode well for the franchise. I think it's, I, I'm going to predict 
that it makes a billion worldwide. I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of those billion dollar right. films. So I'm. I'm looking forward to it as well. I just. I. I don't know how many times I'll see it, but I know I'm gonna see it probably at least twice. Yeah, I. I think that's a good. That's a good number because uh, yeah, it's. It just looks good. It looks good, and and even if it's not good, <laughs> it's still more Indiana Jones with more Harrison Ford. There's a certain amount that you can put up with with that combination. Well, and I think for me, I would I would just watch it with like Bambi eyes the first time, and then I would be able to like look at it more intensely the second time around and be able to really really examine the nuance of the film. So. I think two is going to be my sweet spot for that. Yeah, gotta appreciate it. Okay, even I mean, even if yes, it's it could be bad. I don't think so. I think I I like the, I think the combination of uh, Harrison Ford and and James Mangold. I think is could be a really winning combination. I like James Mangold. I like that 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 director choice. So that's what's giving me hope for this one. But even not, come on. It's it's the last hurrah for Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford being this character perhaps probably has to be the last time ever. That's that's something special. I don't care what you think of the movie. You've got to appreciate that. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's definitely going to be one that we end up reviewing over the course of this year. I know that we don't have as many episodes as we've been doing. Like it used to be weekly and then it used to be bi-weekly. And now it's like, when are you free? And so like... I know it's tougher and tougher for us to to get together because of life, and that's all right. But uh, I definitely think Dial of Destiny is going to be a priority to review the, here on the, the podcast. The July episode comes out June thirtieth, so I think we can I think we definitely can shoot for the July episode of IPC talking about it. That would be a pretty fair assumption. But before we conclude the January edition of this show we do have one more thing left to talk about and uh, i really don't know how we're going to cover this with so little time left but we're going to do our best (laughs) ladies and gents get out your hashtags if you're tuning in on social media be sure to use them on places like facebook twitter and instagram if you are like my wife or like steven and you're still somehow tuning in after over two hours of this on a wednesday night then put it in the chat here on zackthevoice.mixler.com It's time for the very first BBQ watch of Yeehaw. So dude, we haven't talked for a while. Let's yep. let's try to get caught up a little bit if we can. Um I know that during the holidays your family likes to travel a bit and uh I like to experiment uh every now and then with uh different rubs or uh different sauces, um different types of meats that I can prep at home. What types of barbecue have you experienced since we last spoke well um i i I will admit i will be brief um it's very late guys um so i don't think this needs to 
be another two-hour barbecue segment. Um, but I will say that I ate an unusual amount of barbecue over the holidays and since we last spoke, um, particularly at I actually three three different times at two different places. So, so is, that, is that a total of I've six? <laughs> no, that's a total of three. Total three. But we went to one place twice. Gotcha. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Gotcha. So. So you've heard me talk about it before, and I'll mention it again. And a shout out to our good buddy Star Raptor, who's also eaten there. Um, Mission Barbecue is quickly becoming one of my family's favorite places to eat, um, and one of our favorite barbecue joints. Um, and we went there in where we went to. First one was around Thanksgiving. Went with some family to uh, I believe it was Clarksville, Tennessee. Ate the one there. And then we also hit the one up in Tallahassee, Florida, um, uh, over Christmas or after Christmas. Both times were great. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend if you have one in your area. They're, they're kind of up and down the East Coast, um, and maybe a few. I don't know if there's any west of the Mississippi, but I know there's there are several kind of in and around the Southeast. So definitely look them up and if you have one you have to drive a little ways i think it's worth it because they're really good food and it's really good service everything like that it's just great but great great atmosphere too um so we got to eat there a couple of times and um and then so i went to bush gardens you ever been to bush gardens i have not but i've wanted to i hear it's beautiful it was nice it was it, it was something that my parents had gone to like 40 years ago <laughs> and they were like, Hey, we should go back. And me being not around the last time they went, we're like, Hey, we'd like to take you. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll, we'll do this happen. Um, so we went, it was pretty nice. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was a new experience, you know, going, we went to, we basically went to Florida. I didn't go to Disney, which you know, it's, it's surprising that uh, we were able to get out unscathed because usually, um, everybody has to go to Disney. We didn't. Um, so we went to Bush Gardens. And it was fun. It was nice. We spent the day there. Um, but got halfway through the day, and we were looking for something to eat. And you know, theme park food can be sketchy sometimes. You, you know how it is. Like, it, oh it, yeah, it, it doesn't. It can be super sketch. And usually, your best bet, even at a Disney park, is like. Yeah, just pack some granola bars and just eat on the road. Like, just don't even stop. Like, just things. You got stuff to see. You're going to be in line all the time. Just, you know, don't even bother. But we were like, okay, we've been at this all day. We want to sit down and have a nice bite to eat, you know, late lunch, early dinner. Um, And they had a barbecue place there. And, and we waited in line like 45 minutes to get this stuff. It was a long time. Jeez. Um, so much so they were like, "Oh God, what have we made a mistake here?" Because, uh, but the line was long. There was a lot of people there, um, and surprisingly, it was really good. It was actually genuinely good barbecue. Surprisingly, for you know a theme park restaurant. Seriously, it was really good. So I do highly recommend. I can't remember the name of the place for the life of me. It's, you know, it's in Bush Gardens in uh, uh, Tampa. Um, so yeah, that, that was, and it was a lot of fun. I can't. We had we shared a couple things. I had the kind of pork sandwich. Um, we got some chicken. I think and ribs. We got a little smorgasbord of stuff. It was all pretty good. And I, I swear, I've had worse barbecue at like sit down restaurants, <laughs> like full on. Um, so it was really impressive that they they were things and they were kicking 
that, that stuff out. Like they were mass producing it. Um, like I said, we waited 45 minutes, and that wasn't like the wine wasn't wasn't stopping at any point. They were they were moving the entire time. They were serving hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Um, so yeah, but I just end this by saying, uh, yeah, Bush Gardens, pretty good, darn good food, and Mission Barbecue again nailed it. Dude, I, I'm scrolling through all of the locations that Mission Barbecue has got because I know we have talked about it on the show before. Uh, yeah. They go, they go up into like Wisconsin and Michigan and there. Virginia and Tennessee. They got a ton in Maryland, like I want to say like six or something in the state of Maryland, which is crazy. I'm like, is that every other block or something? It's it's a lot. <laughs> um, but they've got a lot in Florida as well, so I guess the next time I'm in Florida, i got to try and hit one of them up. I'm actually really surprised and kind of impressed that a uh, theme park type of place could actually make uh, good barbecue, because the theme park over by me, Six Flags, they've got a, a Johnny Rockets, and the, f- mm. the food is all right, but it's not, like, amazing. Like, I've had better chicken strips, and I've had better burgers, but people will wait in, like, two hour long lines for this food and i guess it's because it's considered the best in the park but that's not saying much so (laughs) for for a place to have um barbecue that gets turned out quite um quite consistently and and good that it's up to snuff for somebody who you know works in a barbecue restaurant that's pretty high praise yeah, we're. I think we're pretty tough critics. So I think uh, if we if we say it's if my family is approving of it, I think I think you've done pretty good. I would say so. Um, the only contribution that I'm going to make to the discussion tonight uh, is going to come in the form of three words: Doctor Pepper Sauce. Oh, I think I've heard of this. It's from a brand called Stubbs. And it literally tastes like Dr. Pepper. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen Stubbs in the store before. Yeah. They make one that's Dr. Pepper brand, and it's like their Dr. Pepper syrup infused into the sauce. And we slapped some of that on a um, rack of baby backs and cooked them at home one night, and it was amazing. Oh, my God. That does sound great. I don't even really care for Dr. Pepper, but that sounds good. It, it's worth the try. I think my wife would tell you that it's it's like probably a little more on the sweet side than she prefers. Um, and it was actually a little sweet for me too. But it's definitely like an experiment that I feel is, is worth trying at least once. Um, but that sauce is actually probably also really well suited as like a dipping sauce for your chicken nuggets too. Okay. That's interesting. So you've never dipped your nuggets in barbecue sauce? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. When you said that's interesting, I was like, did I just present a brand new concept to this guy? Like, that's <laughs> that should be something he does on a regular you know, basis. You know, I forgot about that because I think I just about lived off chicken strips at Celebration. <laughs> yeah. In this one place in a courtyard at the Anaheim Convention Center that was selling chicken strips. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And it was like, it wasn't super expensive. And the line wasn't super long, and it was actually pretty good. So, like, okay, I made that work. And I think they had some barbecue sauce there. Mm, yeah, that that would that would do it. And I think that's going to do it for this episode oh. of the IPC podcast as well. We're coming up on two and a half hours, which is a lot longer than I promised either one of you. So, 
Thanks for getting it out with me. Uh, another one in the books. Uh, where can people find you uh, between now and sometime next month, I guess? <laughs> um, if they see me walking down the street, they can follow me. Aha. Yep. That's Yeah, that, that's how it works. I don't know if I want a stalker at this point, but uh, I do want... Uh, I reserve the right to call the cops if you follow me for too long. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, baseball season's right around the corner. I'll be starting that up about a month from today, actually. Um, actually, I'll have already started a month from today. That'll be on my last day. Uh, so in about three and a half weeks, the baseball season starts up for me. So just uh, stay tuned to this page because there'll be uh, baseball broadcasts that happen right here on this Pixlr page. And then you can keep up with uh, who the opponent is and when those games go live by following at Zach the Voice. Hell yeah. And be sure to follow the IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and join the Facebook group, the Intergalactic Peace Hangout, so that you get the top five prompts like the one that we presented tonight, as well as some memes and discussion topics and things like that that we try to do in between episodes as well to let folks know that, hey, we haven't died yet. And uh, there's another episode coming up in just a few days. Hell yeah. Well, I think I've just about worn out Ben's voice and and broken him to the point of almost no return. I'll be lucky if I get him back next month. But (laughs) I'm still alive, guys. I'm still alive. Still here, but not for long. And Mondo's already gone to bed, and it's time for me to go to bed as well. So we're going to go ahead and put this podcast to bed as well. Episode 357, the first episode of 2023, is now officially in the books. For Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. Good night.